Now, I want to read the last part of the story of the sower. And uh, we've been on the story of the sower for three weeks now. This is the fourth week and the last week. And Jesus has given us a parable about spiritual growth and whether or not it happens in our life. Now, I want you to remember, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And why did he choose us? That you would go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit would remain. In other words, that you would make it in the long haul. So let's read about the one who made it in the long haul. The good ground that yielded a crop. Starting in Matthew 13, 1 to 3. Let's read. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him. So he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables or easy-to-understand stories. And here's one. He said, Behold, a sower went out to sow like that man that had the seed in his hand. And and I've now I've uh, taken all the first three types of ground and put them all together and put them in parentheses to read it real quick. So, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Some fell on hard ground, some on stony ground, and some on thorny ground. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some 100, some 60, some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I'm praying we have ears to hear today because the Lord wants us all to be in this last category, the the last seed, the good seed, the fertile ground. So the disciples took Jesus aside and they said, hey, explain this parable to us. And here's what Jesus said. The ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it, hold it fast, and they bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we've we've got ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand. And I pray that, Lord, the Holy Ghost, the great teacher of the church, would illuminate us and teach us and help us to understand these words from you so that we would be good ground, the good ground that brings forth fruit. And we thank you for it. Now, will you breathe a prayer to your church and say, Lord, speak to my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're good ground. You're good ground. You're good ground. Amen. Now, again, you didn't choose Jesus, but Jesus chose you. Now, we like to get up and say, Wow, you know, I went out today and found the Lord. But you know what? The Lord found you. Yeah, the Lord found you. And we would never have come to him apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It never would have happened. But because the Holy Spirit convicted us and drew us and showed us our need of him, we got saved. We repented and got saved. But look what Jesus said. You didn't choose me. I chose you for a reason, not just for heaven. I didn't just choose you. I didn't save you just for heaven. And that's the way most people view Christianity. Do you have your ticket to heaven? But it's more than that. Jesus said, I chose you that you would go and bring forth fruit. And that that fruit would make it in the long haul. That you would make it. You would survive the tests and the trials of life. And your life will be fruitful and will not be um, short-circuited regarding bearing fruit. Now, there's two kinds of fruit he had in mind. The inner fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. 
Long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Against such there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But there's other fruit that we're to bear. We are to replicate the kingdom of God through our lives. You know that Jesus called you to be influential for the kingdom of God. The Bible says, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Light and salt have an effect. They influence the world around them. And Jesus said, you're light. You are light to dispel the darkness. And you are salt to preserve a culture from going into total wickedness. You preserve the culture from decay. So Jesus said, you are influential. I've made you to be influential. Every single Christian in the world is called to be influential. We are to be influential for the kingdom of God. He's called us to influence other people. I'm influencing you right now, I hope, I trust. And I'm sowing seed. And the seed is falling on four different kinds of soil according to Jesus Christ. He gave us four kinds of soil. The first soil was hard soil. And that represents a hard heart. This person is never saved. They hear the word of God, but they don't think about what they heard. And they walk away, and the devil plucks it off their heart before they have a chance to be saved. So this is the only one of the four seeds and soils where the person is not saved. They remain lost. The second soil was rocky soil, representing a shallow heart. The shallow heart is shallow because the seed can't put roots down because rocks are in the soil hindering the growth of roots. And Jesus said... There are people with shallow hearts, rocky soil, and they never put down roots. And as goes the root, so goes the fruit. You will never have great fruit if you don't have strong roots. And so Jesus said, that's the rocky soil. And then he talked about the thorny soil that is the crowded heart. So there is the hard heart, there is the shallow heart, and there is the crowded heart. And the crowded heart we saw last time is that life that is beset with worries and beset with cares and is is captured by the lure and the pull of the world. And because of that, the word is literally choked or smothered that they bear no fruit. Now, I believe Jesus told us about the first three so that we would learn from it and never be the first three. Amen? Amen. Now, the fourth soil is the good soil. And that's the one we're going to talk about today. Thank God we're there. The good soil. The good soil is the fertile heart. Hard heart, shallow heart, crowded heart, fertile heart. And this person brings forth fruit. What did Jesus say? I chose you that you would go and bring forth fruit. So here he is again focusing on God's desire for every Christian that we would bring forth fruit. Look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, remind other people of Jesus. Chips off the old block. Amen? The good soil. And so today we're going to look at the good soil because, thank God, Jesus told us why the good soil produced. He didn't leave us wondering. He said, let me give you the characteristics of the good soil so that you can learn the characteristics and apply them to your own life. In the good ground, that soil is soft, deep, and clean. The seed sinks in. It puts down roots. It germinates. 
It has light and air and brings forth ripened grain to the glory of God. You know, Jesus said, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full and that you may bring forth much fruit. The Lord is looking for fruit in our lives. We ought to be spiritually growing. We should be further along right now than we were last year. And this time next year, we ought to be further along than we are today. The Lord is all about our spiritual growth. Amen? How many of you want to grow spiritually? You want to grow spiritually? All right, we're going to learn today exactly how to spiritually grow. I'm going to tell you so that we know exactly how to spiritually grow. Because Jesus told us. He said, the first cause for success is that the word is received with an honest and a good heart. Isn't that simple? This is a person whose aim or motivation is noble. They receive it with an honest heart, a good heart. They hear the word of God and they say, you know what? I honestly want to obey that. I sincerely want to seek God. I'm not double-minded, unstable in all my ways. I don't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. But I have got both feet in the kingdom. I've dived fully into discipleship. I am sincere about Jesus. How many of you can say today, Jeff, I am totally sincere about Jesus Christ in my life? Come on, everybody. Give the Lord a hand if you are. You're sincere. That, that, this is this person. He says, first of all, this, the good ground, the person with a fertile heart, has a good heart, an honest heart. They have successfully overcome every one of the obstacles that Jesus gave us in the first three soils. Unlike the hard-hearted person of the hard soil, they considered the message carefully, understood it, and they said, yes, I will do it. And unlike the shallow-hearted person of the rocky soil, they grow deep roots by practicing the Word and applying it to their life. They're not just hearers, but they are doers. They understand, when I hear a message from God to me, I'm not only to hear it, but I'm to do it. The Bible says, be not hearers only, but be doers of what you hear. That means you put it into practice. You put it into your life. You graft what you heard into the lifestyle of your life. You, you do it. You do it. You don't just say, Pastor Jeff, that was a great word. Man, you sweated up there. You worked hard. And then you go out and you forget what you heard. But the Bible says that the person of the good soil, they hear it and they put it into practice. They do it. The word is not just for hearing, it is for doing. God gives us the word, not just so we can hear it, but so that we can hear it and then go do it. And unlike the crowded heart of the thorny soil, they are not deceived by worldly pleasures. They know that Jesus is the treasure. You know, Jesus is the treasure. Can I tell you that in Jesus Christ, the man Jesus Christ, is all of the fulfillment in life, peace in life, joy in life, happiness in life. That to know Jesus is to have the peace of God. To know Jesus is to have joy. To know Jesus is to be fulfilled. I don't know about you, but I came today to lift up Jesus, to brag on Jesus, to preach on Jesus. And this person who resists that that crowding of their heart by the worries and the cares of life and by the, the lure of false riches. They resist that. They say, he's my treasure. He's my pearl. He's my gold. He's my silver. He's my fulfillment. He's my joy. He's the darling of my heart. 
He's the joy of my life. And they resist the pull of the world and the lure of uncertain riches. A good, honest, sincere heart is the first characteristic of the good soil. Do you have a good, honest, and a sincere heart today about Jesus? Because you've got to be serious about him. You've got to really mean it. Can I, can I be honest with you and be a little biographical here today? I, the most important thing to me is Jesus. The most important thing to me is the kingdom of God in my life. I've got a goal. I've got a purpose. Let me tell you what it is. I want to reach the end of my days and be able to honestly say, I fought a good fight. I finished my assignment. And I kept the faith. Not any faith. The faith. That is in Jesus Christ. I want to be able to reach the end of my days and say, I did it, I did it, I did it. I ran the race, I finished it, and I did it with joy. The most important thing to me is the kingdom of God. He's my treasure. He's my riches. He's my all. What about you? So this person with the good and the noble heart, that's, that's the way they think. And that's the good ground. And then second, Jesus told us something else about this ground. He said... He said, they, they hold the word fast. Listen to what he said. Jesus said, having heard the word, they keep it. They keep it. That means they keep a firm grip on the word of God in their life. They don't let anything steal the word of God from their life. Not from their mind, not from their heart. Can I tell you something about the devil? Let me tell you about the devil. He's not out to make something go bump in the night or to give you a flat tire on the highway. If you get a flat on the highway, don't you say, Satan gave me a flat. Flat. No, you ran over something. <laughs> Satan is not on the highway, some invisible being with some little deal where he pokes your tires and you get a flat. No, let me tell you about the devil. He's after your faith. His real goal is to get your faith. He wants your faith. He wants to pluck the word of God from your heart. He wants to steal the word from your heart. The fact that you are saved, he wants to steal it away. He wants you to doubt that. He wants you to doubt that you're born again. He wants you to doubt that Jesus saved you. He wants you to doubt that he's got a calling on your life and that he's actively working in your life. He wants you to doubt that. He wants to steal your faith. That's his treasure. That's his prize. That's his aim. That's his target. Your faith. So we've got to hold on like a bulldog holds on to a bone. We've got to hold on to the word of God in our life. Having heard the word, Jesus said, they keep it. They keep a firm grip on it. See, the one in the thorny soil, they lost it by the lure of riches and by worry. They got their eyes off the word. The one in the rocky soil, they didn't have any depth. They had no roots. They let the word of God go. But this one... They hold on to it. I've got two dogs in my house. I've got a little Yorkie named Max who is, who is, uh, who I love. He's my buddy. And I've got another one that's half pit bull and half something else. All I can tell you is she's bad. <laughs> now I noticed something. I noticed one day I was sitting there, sitting in my chair and I heard this. And I looked. And it's little Max, my little Yorkie. And what was going on? The pit had gotten close to his food, his treasure in life. 
It is the one thing he values above all else, that little bowl of food. And, and this, this pit bull that could devour him in 10 seconds got too close to what he treasured. And he... Far enough. No further. You know how we're to do with the Word of God when the devil gets close to uh, the Word of God in our life? That's far enough. No further. Because if there's anything I protect, it's the Word. It's the Word of my destiny. It's the Word of my purpose. It's the Word of my call. It's the Word of my salvation. It's the Word that keeps me. It's the Word that holds me. It's the Word that guides me. It's the Word that strengthens me. It's the Word that encourages me. It is the Word that lifts me up. It's the Word of God that renews my mind. You're not taking the Word out of my life. Everybody say, you got to hang on to it. If you had $10,000 cash, you would not put it on the front porch where anybody could come along and steal it. And they would as soon as the word got out. But you keep $10,000 in a safe, you keep it safe in a safe because that's value. That, that, that has value. Listen, the word of God, so it is with God's word, the word over your life. You've got to hang on to it. You've got to keep a firm grip on it. And when the devil comes to steal it, you growl. You say, that's it. And you plead the blood. And you stand in the armor of God. And you say, you're not stealing the word from my heart. That's the good ground. We're told that following all the wonderful things that two people, Anna and Simon, spoke over Jesus, the baby Jesus, when he was taken into the temple by Mary and Joseph. It says, they, they took this baby from Mary's arms And they prophesied over Jesus incredible things. And you know what it says Mary did? It says she kept. Everybody say kept. She kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Because you see what God speaks over your life. You've got to keep it. You've got to keep a firm grip on it and think about it often. You gotta remember who you are in Him. Everywhere you go, everybody you meet, you are not just anybody. You are a chosen, blood-bought, spirit-filled, destiny filled child of the living God. You gotta remember, I'm a Christian everywhere you go. You can't let that be stolen away from you. Mary pondered, thought about the Word of God over her life. The devil wants you thinking about worries and cares, and other things. But this person in the good ground, they say, no, my focus is on the Word of God over my life. Because you see, for Mary, God's Word to her was about Jesus and her destiny and her life's purpose. And that's what the Word of God is over you and me. Listen, when I was 18, I had a powerful experience with the Holy Spirit. God called me to minister the Word of God. And I can't tell you how many times the enemy has tried to steal that away from me through discouragement or disillusionment or or whatever. Different things, different tactics, different weapons to take my destiny and my calling out of my heart. But I refuse to let him do it. Get away from me. Get away from me. The things I do to make a point. But isn't it true? Do you growl when the enemy comes after the word of God in your life? Do you treasure and guard God's word? 
containing His purpose and destiny for you, His word of eternal life, do you treasure it? Do you guard it? Do you keep a firm grip on it? Because it is your life. Your word have I hidden, kept in my heart, David said, that I might not sin against you. I've kept it. I treasure it tight in my heart. So the good ground represents those who receive the word with a noble and an honest heart, and they protect it from being stolen. You know what I think I'm talking to today? Some of you. I think some of you, maybe some watching by video, you had a call on your life, and you still do. And and you were all fire, and you were all Jesus, and you sought him all the time, and you were... You were totally cranked about his call on your life. And you were there every time the doors opened and you were full of zeal and you witnessed everything that moved. And then the devil came and tried to steal the word of your calling, your destiny from your heart. Can I tell you the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. And even though you don't feel it anymore, the call is still there. Get it back. Get it back. Get your walk back. Get your zeal back. Stir up the gift of God that's within you. Amen. And then the last thing, this person representing the good ground, Jesus said the last characteristic is they receive the word and they walk in it with patient perseverance. Jesus said of the good fertile heart, he said they bring forth fruit. Look how? With patience. He doesn't say by faith. Faith's part of it. But look how he emphasizes patience. They bring forth fruit with patience. The good ground is not like the first three. The good ground says, I'm in this for the long haul. And even though I don't see everything that I'm believing God for, I'm going to be patient. And I'm just going to walk patiently. And I'm going to wed faith with patience. Can I tell you the truth about faith and patience? Here's faith. If you have faith, but you don't have patience, then you're probably not going to obtain what God wants you to have and what you're believing for by your faith, because you've got to wed faith with patience. Patience will walk with you till you obtain what faith is believing for. But if you let patience go, Faith will wither and die because you will give up before God's timing comes. So you got to hang on. Man, I'm preaching today. You got to hang on. You got to hang on because God does not microwave anything. God marinates His word and His purpose for you in the crock pot of faith. But you've got to be patient. And just keep on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. The tortoise and the hare. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Patience is the pace of the race. Patience is the pace of the race. So you can have a vision from God. Here it is. Do you know that a lot of what I'm experiencing right now in my life, I, I saw when I was 30. And now being 41, I'm sorry. Just want to be sure you were listening. But when I was 30, I saw what I'm seeing now. But God didn't give it to me then. And I had to be patient. And through all the years of waiting, like Abraham, he waited 25 years for a son. God said, you're going to have a son. And and Abraham said, "I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I embraced that by faith. But then he had to wed patience with his faith. And he went 25 years with no son. But he didn't lose his vision because he wedded patience 
with his faith. James said, I want you to think about this. If you're a farmer growing corn, then you know first is going to come the blade and then the ear, and then after the ear, the full corn. And that farmer is patient with that process. He knows he's not going to wake up the morning after he sowed and have a field full of corn. James said, regarding your spiritual growth, I want you to think this way. He said, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Waiting patiently for it. Waiting patiently for it. Waiting patiently for it. Until he receives the early and the latter rain. Now read the next four words out loud with me. You also be patient. With what? With God's purpose, the fruit of the kingdom, his destiny, his call. Some of the answers to your prayers. God hasn't said no. He just said wait. I'm going to say that again. Some of you have prayed. And and you had your watch out. And and you prayed. And and you started looking. All right? It will happen by this time. And this time came and went. And it went around again. And it went around again. And you said, well, God didn't hear me. No. God answered you. He said wait. But we don't like the word wait. We like microwave stuff. I don't want to put the popcorn on the stove and wait. I don't want to. I want to put it in the microwave and get microwave popcorn. We want microwave character. We want microwave destiny. We want microwave fulfillment. But God is marinating us in the crock pot of faith and patience. The life of the Christian requires a whole lot of patience. I'm going to tell you right now, it requires patience. Each and every day we fight the good fight. We get up and we got to fight that good fight. We resist the flesh. We swim upstream against the world, keeping on in a direction that many things try to pull us away from all the time. reminds me of Greek mythology. There's a creature called the sirens. The sirens were weird creatures. They had the head of a female but the body of a bird. But here's what they did. When... Sailors would sail past the island they lived on. They sang a song that was irresistible to that sailor. And he would veer his ship towards that island. And as he's sailing into that island, he would crash on the rocks. And the sirens knew that they would lure these men to their death by the lure of their song. And that they would crash on the rocks and be destroyed and die. And so one day a man named Odysseus... And his crew were sailing past the island of the sirens. And Odysseus said to his men, here's what you've got to do, guys. We're coming to the island of the sirens. They've got a song you can't resist. So I want you to tie me to the mast of the ship. Tie me down. And then he said, after you're done tying me, I want you to plug your ears up with wax. Because we cannot hear the song of the sirens and survive. And so he's tied to the mast. He hears the song, but he can't move. He can't get out. And his men can't even hear it. And they sail past the island of the sirens. And listen, the Christian life is just like that. Let me tell you what we've got to do every day. You've got to tie your heart to the Word of God. Because the call of the world is singing every day, isn't it? Come lie with me. Come sin with me. 
Come think like me. Come live like me. And it sometimes feels almost irresistible. So what do we do? We tie our heart to the Word of God every morning. And we fill our ears with the promises of God. And we patiently persevere in the kingdom of God. Amen. So when the world tries to call me, I can't hear it. My eyes or my ears are filled with the promises of God. And I can't hear it. And I sail on by. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. What does it say will happen? And the things of this earth, the call of this world, the lure of this world, the attraction of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Be patient. Be patient. The Bible says we're not to become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience. Can we say those two words together? Faith and patience. And what happens with those two? We inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Not just with faith, but with faith and patience. It says of Abraham, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. He held Isaac in his arms. I waited a long time for you. But because I had faith and I had patience, I saw it through to the end. Don't you want to hold your Isaac, whatever it might be? Amen? Don't you want to hold your Isaac? Faith and patience. Let's stand together, can I? Let's stand. And, and I want you to say with me, the kingdom fruit God's called me to produce comes by honestly receiving the good seed. Holding it close and persevering with patience. If you do those three things, you will bear fruit. Can we lift our hands to the Lord Jesus, our Savior, who chose us to go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit would make it through all the trials, all the tribulation, all the testing? all the letdowns, all the betrayals, all of the mistakes, our fruit would remain 